0: Christmas movies and cartoons, they're everywhere this time of year. But what can they teach us about children's ministry? Well, today we're going to dive into three of my favorites and explore some leadership lessons from these holiday classics on the Simple Kidman podcast, Christmas Special. Hey, welcome back to the Simple Kid Men Podcast, the podcast where we take the complicated world of children's ministry and boil it down to the things that matter most. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Byerly, and it is the most wonderful time of the year, assuming you are listening to this in December when I'm recording this. It's the Christmas season, and as of this recording, my family and I just decorated our tree, we're watching tons of Christmas movies, and we are so ready for Christmas, Now, if you're listening to this episode outside of the Christmas season, stick with me because the leadership lessons we're going to talk about apply during Christmas or any time of year. Also, just a quick mention, if you are Christmas crazy like I am, you might want to go check out my Christmas devotional book over at Amazon. It's called Holiday Road, a Christmas devotional. It's 25 lighthearted devotions to help you focus on Jesus in the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season, and you can pick it up in either paperback or ebook. Now, I wrote this for adults, but several families have told me they've really enjoyed going through it with their kids, so it might make a great family devotional for you as well. So check it out, take a look, see what you think. I'll link to it in the show notes at simplekidmen.com, or you can just go to Amazon and search for Holiday Road Devotional. Alright, on with the Christmas shows. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time shutting off my children's ministry brain, so everything I watch, including Christmas movies, always seems like it ties back in somehow with children's ministry for me. Yes, I know, none of these movies are actually about children's ministry, and this might be a stretch for some of you, but it's just a fun way to remind us of some things that actually are really important to what we do. And we are in children's ministry, guys, so we should be experts at learning things in fun ways. So in the spirit of Christmas and fun, here we go. Now, the first one we're going to talk about today is Elf, starring Will Ferrell. It's the story of Buddy, a human raised at the North Pole, who goes to New York City to search for his dad and help him get off of Santa's naughty list. Now, not only is Elf hilarious, but it also contains some great leadership advice for those of us who lead in children's ministry. Now, near the beginning of the movie, we see Buddy learning the Code of the Elves. Now, these are the basic rules governing everyone at the North Pole. If you're a fan of the movie, you can probably recite these by heart. But just in case, I'm going to share them with you today. Okay, number one, treat every day like Christmas. Number two, there's room for everyone on the nice list. And number three, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Now, that's actually some pretty good advice, not just for elves and the folks who live in the North Pole, but for those of us who lead in children's ministry. By applying each of these practices to your children's ministry, you can go from cotton-headed ninny-muggins to master tinker faster than you can say Papa Elf. Here's how. Number one, treat every day like Christmas. How do you do that? Well, you do it by practicing generosity, by being a generous leader. You can make every day feel like Christmas for your team, by giving generously to them. Always ask yourself the question, what can I give to those I lead? Instead of asking, what can I get out of those I lead? Now, I'm not just talking about volunteer appreciation gifts, though those are great, so give your leaders actual gifts to say thanks whenever you can, but I'm also talking about just having a basic posture of generosity as a leader. It's easy to get so caught up in all the things that we have to do and all the bases we have to cover for Sunday, that we can begin to see people, especially our volunteers, as a means to an end. Someone we just need to do a task for us, to fill a hole, to show up so that all of our bases are covered. But of course, this isn't just a job, we're in ministry. And so we're here to love people first and foremost. We're here to develop people and we're here to set people up to win in their calling. Just look at Jesus. I mean, what a generous leader. He gave the disciples his time, his attention, words of truth, words of challenge, encouragement. And ultimately, he gave them and he gave us his life. So as we follow Jesus and we ask him for his power to lead like him, we need to reflect that generosity and treat every day like Christmas as we look for opportunities to give to our leaders. Make a regular practice of asking yourself what your volunteers need and how you can bless them today. Do they need time with you? Do they need affirmation, encouragement, maybe a listening ear? Or maybe you have a leader who just needs some clarity, some direction so they know what to do and why they're doing it. Or maybe you have someone who just needs a break. Maybe they just need some time off and get some distance and some rest so they can come back ready to serve in the ministry You may have some volunteers who need a dose of hard truth communicated in a loving way, and you just haven't had the courage or the time to get around to communicating that. And they just need to sit down and have a hard but good conversation. Ask yourself how you can help your volunteers take a step today. How can you help them take a step to become the leader God made them to be, to become the disciple God made them to be, and ultimately to live as a child of God who God made them to be? Maybe what your leaders need most is for you to remind them of the vision of your ministry. Maybe they just need to see the big picture because they've been living in the weeds and they've been on the front lines of ministry and they need to be reminded of what God is up to in your ministry and in the church and in the world. Maybe they need someone to tell them that what they do matters. They need someone to share a win story of how children's ministry is changing lives in your church or in community. They need you to connect the dots between what they do and what God is up to. Or maybe what your volunteers need is something really practical like new supplies in their room or a fresh coat of paint on the walls or better curriculum. Do they have the resources they need to do the role that you're asking them to do? Or maybe, maybe they just need a simple thank you or a $5 Starbucks gift card to remind them of how grateful you are for what they do. Now, I know you probably don't have time to go to coffee with every leader in your ministry or give everyone a gift card, but you can bless one person at a time. And when you go into each week with this generosity mindset as a leader, you'll be amazed at the opportunities God will give you to give to others. But you'll also be amazed at how much you get in return as you develop richer relationships, as you help people to grow, and as you're able to inspire and motivate children's ministry leaders to do what God's called them to do. Number two, there's room for everyone on the nice list. Great leaders believe in people. Don't just give volunteers expectations to live up to. But possibilities to live into. Look at people like God does and see the potential in every leader. Help them to see it too, and help them to see what it'll take to get them there. You'll be amazed at how fast people grow into that. It's so easy to get frustrated with a volunteer's immaturity or lack of experience, or if they make a mistake. Anyone can be a critic, but you're not a critic. You're a leader, and leaders help people grow. So focus on your volunteer's potential and who they can become and help them to move in that direction. Now, If someone's not teachable, well, that's a different story. But as far as it depends on you, give them every resource you can and every opportunity to grow and get better. I don't know about you, but it's the people who believed in me as a young leader who changed my life. When I made dumb mistakes or just needed to grow up, they stuck with me and cared enough to speak truth and encourage me along the way. They saw things in me that I didn't see in myself, and eventually I started to believe that I could become the leader that they said I could be. Now, obviously there are some character issues that may mean you have to ask a leader to step down, or sometimes it's obvious children's ministry just isn't the place for someone to serve. But most of the time, that's not the case. Most of the time, if we're honest, it's the small stuff that builds up over time that frustrates us with people. And remember, there is room for everyone on the nice list, or more accurately, there's room for everyone on the list of leaders who can be excelling in their ministry to kids and families, if we take time to help them grow. Okay, number three, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Okay, so you may not be much of a singer like me, but if you're a leader, there always needs to be a song in your heart because of the hope you have in Jesus. As the leader, you always need to be the most positive person in the room, period. Nobody wants to follow Debbie Downer. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. We serve a creative God with endless resources. No matter what challenge our ministry faces, he has the answers. He has the resources. He has the solutions. So be solution-oriented and resilient when everyone else thinks the sky's falling. Radiate vision, enthusiasm, and hope, and people will be inspired to overcome adversity and to give their best for God's kids. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll never be in a bad mood or that you have to fake positivity, but it does mean that you don't have the luxury of feeling sorry for yourself or being a pessimist if you're a leader. You have to be looking for where God's at work in your ministry and learn to see every problem you face as an opportunity to learn, grow, and get better. Cynics and Eeyores are not going to inspire anyone to become better or to find solutions. You need to be the most positive person in the room. Now, if this doesn't come naturally for you, spend time with the most positive people you know and watch how they approach life in adversity. Let it rub off on you. Spend time with God and pray about it and journal about it and look for the promises that are in his word that remind us that our ending is a happy ending, that there are always better days ahead with God, that because of Christ, we always have hope. Let that be the light that radiates from you everywhere you go. Also, whenever possible, spend less time with negative people. They're going to suck the life right out of you. They're going to suck the joy out of you. And their gloom and doom attitude is going to make it tough to lead. If you're in a situation where people are being negative and complaining, don't get drawn into that downward spiral. You have to point people to a better future and to new possibilities. That's what leaders do. Your positive attitude that is anchored to the hope that you have in Christ and the faith that you have in God's power is what's going to inspire others to follow you, but more importantly, to follow Jesus and to give their all to help families and kids to know Him. Now, the next movie I want to talk about today is actually my all time favorite movie of any season. It's called It's a Wonderful Life, and it stars Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Now, I love old movies, and this one is a Christmas classic. If you've never seen it, it's a story of George Bailey, who always dreams about traveling the world and building great things like skyscrapers and bridges and cities. But he finds himself stuck in his small town of Bedford Falls, all because he's just a really good guy who keeps trying to do what's right. Now, while his friends and his brother go out and seek their fortunes in the world, George stays behind in Bedford Falls, running the Bailey Building and Loan, basically helping folks without much money build affordable housing. Now, I won't go into the details, but eventually George finds himself in a financial and legal crisis, and he contemplates jumping off a bridge. But at the last minute, an angel named Clarence saves him by jumping into the water, so George will save him. Then Clarence takes George to kind of a dark alternate universe where he shows George what the world would have been like if George had never been born. Now, in the movie, Bedford Falls and all of George's friends and family are almost unrecognizable in this other world because they didn't have George in their life to make a difference. Now, my favorite line comes at almost the end of the movie when the angel says to George, Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many others. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? You see, George, you really had a wonderful life after all. Like George, you may have big dreams for your life or your job or your ministry, and you may feel stuck, left behind while others go off to pursue their dreams or what God has for them in other areas of ministry or at other churches or just in life, and you feel like you are left holding down the fort in children's ministry. Well, like George, you may feel like what you're doing isn't making much of a difference, that it doesn't really matter but here are a few lessons that we can take from It's a Wonderful Life that tell us otherwise. All right, number one, we never know the impact we're making at the time. In the movie, George just kept doing the next right thing. He dreamed of building great things somewhere out there in the future, not realizing that as he helped people and loved people, he was building a great life and a legacy for himself right there in Bedford Falls. Now, you may feel like you're unappreciated in your church or your ministry or your family. You might feel like you're wasting your talent. But the truth is, a life surrendered to Jesus is never wasted. He will use you to touch people's lives in ways that you can never guess you're making a difference at the time. Now, you need to remember that, but you also need to be reminding other people of that, that they matter, that they're making a difference If you got to see what the world would look like if you'd never been born, I can guarantee it would be a much poorer place because all the people you've helped, loved, and encouraged over the years wouldn't have had you in their lives to be the hands and feet of Jesus, even in the smallest of ways. Now, the other big lesson from It's a Wonderful Life is gratitude. George spends so much of the movie longing to be somewhere else, hoping that someday he would finally get his chance to live his dreams. And because he's so focused on finding happiness somewhere out there beyond Bedford Falls, he fails to appreciate his family and the friendships and the good work he gets to do every day. Now, I can certainly relate to that. It's always easier to think that if I just had this or this circumstance were true in my life, oh, then I would make a real difference. Then I would really fulfill God's purposes for me. Then I would really find contentment and happiness. It can be a real struggle in ministry. Sometimes we might think if we had a a better building or a bigger budget or staff or more volunteers, or if we worked for a bigger church or a healthier church, or we had other opportunities, well, then we could do really great ministry. But the truth is no church is perfect and God doesn't need buildings or budgets or staff to change kids and leaders and families' lives. Like George, a lot of times I honestly forget what a wonderful life I have simply because of the grace of God. Regardless of the other circumstance in my life, if I had nothing more than the love of Jesus, wow, what a wonderful life I have. And yet, God has blessed me with that and so much more. And he has you too. It's easy to focus on the things we don't have. We can focus on our problems and all the things we wish could be better. And we don't spend nearly enough time saying thanks and simply being content with the blessings God's given us. Remember what First Thessalonians 5:16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now finally, from It's a Wonderful Life, we have one more lesson to learn. It's the fact that we all need friends. Now spoiler alert, the movie ends with all the townspeople George helped over the years pitching in and giving their money to rescue George out of the crisis that he's in. The movie wraps up with the angel giving George a book with an inscription that says, Remember, no man is a failure who has friends. It is so easy to be a lone wolf in ministry, but it's not sustainable. God didn't make us to live in isolation. Not only do we need a great team around us to be able to multiply the ministry and reach as many families as possible, but also we need spiritual friends. We need to be a part of the body of Christ. Now, as children's ministry leaders, it is so easy to let ourselves get isolated because we may not even be in the adult service all the time. We may be taking care of kids and families and leaders, but don't let yourself get isolated. Uh, If you're having challenges in your marriage or, or with your kids or just in your personal life, Reach out to spiritual friends for help. If you're having challenges in your ministry, reach out to someone for help. If you're struggling in your faith, reach out to someone for help. We cannot let ourselves get isolated. We can't do spiritual life of following Jesus alone, and we definitely cannot lead in ministry alone. Like George, we can't solve our own problems. We need a big God, and we need a big church to help us. We need the body of Christ. We need a real vibrant friendship with God. We need to spend time with him. We can't neglect that, even though it's so easy to cheat out on our time with God. But beyond time with God, we need to let God's people minister to us. We need to tell trusted friends when we're hurting or struggling. We need to ask people to pray for us and be real with them. We need to ask for help because we cannot do ministry alone. Now, there is nothing the enemy likes more than to cut us off from community because we are so much more vulnerable to discouragement and temptation and the things that can distract us from God's great calling in our lives when we're on our own. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, when we stay connected to Jesus and the body of Christ, our lives won't be problem-free, but they will be a wonderful life because we have the hope and help of heaven and God's people. Okay, one last quick Christmas show to wrap things up. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Now, I have watched this one nearly every year since I can remember, and it still moves my heart. I watched a clip from this just a few minutes ago, and I got so choked up because it's really a powerful little story. In this cartoon, everyone is really confused about what Christmas is all about. Charlie Brown's sister is asking Santa for cash. His dog Snoopy is trying to win the Christmas light decorating contest with his doghouse. And most of Charlie Brown's friends are distracted with the Christmas play and all that goes along with that. Now, near the end of this cartoon, Charlie Brown finally yells in frustration, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? At which point, his best friend Linus stands up and says, sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And then he quotes Luke 2, 8 to 14. Now, I don't usually read a lot of the King James Version of the Bible, but it's the one Linus uses, so I thought it would be appropriate for us to end on that today. Now, I know you are probably really busy, probably stressed out, maybe discouraged this Christmas season. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety or depression or something else. But as I read this scripture, I'd invite you just to kind of take a moment and step back from the responsibilities and the worries and cares of ministry and life and remember not just what Christmas is about, but what you're about, what your life is about. Why do you serve God's kids and families and leaders Well, it's because of the gift you've received. It's because of Jesus. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And on that note, I just want to say I am praying for peace in your life and your ministry at Christmas and all year long. Thanks for listening today. What a great encouragement you guys are to me. And I hope this has encouraged you. If you'd like more encouragement for Christmas and the holiday season, go check out the Holiday Road devotional over on Amazon. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I'll see you back here next time on Simple Kidman.